Jonathan Kleck back with another episode of the Shots from the Winchester podcast coming to you right here from the Winchester Bar at the Greencastle headquarters. Today we have on Adam Slepian. This guy's doing the kind of cool Star Wars-like stuff that we can only dream about as kids. He is uh, in charge of flying cars, in charge of the research and development of, of creating flying cars and creating the infrastructure for it. Former Green Beret, now leading the charge to help Hyundai get uh, first to market on, on getting flying cars. It's, it's just, it's wild stuff, man. Stick around, you're gonna enjoy this one. This individuality stuff is a bunch of crap. There's a reason why. A master of innovation. The key to this growing is you. Any rational person would give up. I can't disagree with that. Make sure that we're not prisoners of our own experiences. You need a team of great people. We'll not tolerate a loser. What they need is a common vision. Helping organizations win one veteran at a time. This is the Greencastle Podcast. All right. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, cheers. This is uh, Shots from the Winchester, so we have to start with a shot. I don't, I don't even remember. What What did we get? Do you know? I have no idea. I don't remember what we Some sort of whiskey. All right, here we cheers. go. I know whiskey people. I'm not a whiskey person, <clears throat> and I usually don't like it, but that's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's not, not It doesn't bad, right? taste like something that goes in your car. <laughs> I don't know what you do for shots, but... <laughs> but uh, um, well, thanks for joining us, guys. We got uh, Adam Slepian here from uh, Hyundai Air Mobility, um, doing all kinds of cool, innovative stuff, and we just wanted to talk. So, a seal and a green beret sitting across the table. I feel like we should. I mean, this is like the beginning of a joke, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We walk into a bar, <laughs> yeah, and well, I feel the, like we should arm wrestle or something. Or, the or, seal walks into the bar and goes, "Ow!" Uh, that's no, that's thing. an old one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the seal walks into the bar and goes, "Hey, did anybody read my book?" <laughs> Is that too soon? That's even better. So, hey, so tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, <laughs> people are going, all right, Hyundai Air Mobility, like, why am I going to listen to this podcast? And, and the reason we brought you in is because what you're doing is 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 pretty pretty impressive. Like, for other yep. people who go, you know, like, if you follow Elon Musk, you're like, wow, that's okay. Like, self-driving cars, mm-hmm. and people are like, wow, that's the way of the future. <coughs> and then they find out what people like you were doing and they're like, Oh my God, self-driving cars. That's, that's already, that's already yesterday's like vision, <laughs> right? It was that you guys are doing crazy stuff. So tell us a little bit about what you're, uh, what you're doing at Hyundai yeah, air mobility. Man. So, uh, at the, uh, urban air mobility division of Hyundai motor group, our newest division, um, a couple of things. Um, first and foremost is what we're trying to provide is, is an, another aspect of what Hyundai motor group is doing as a whole is this multimodal mobility solution. Right. How do you combine the best of the ground, the air, everything in between to, to really provide a new mode of transportation as you move into the future? Right. Um, a lot of people think it's like flying cars like the Jetsons and you hear yeah. that. I think you said Buck Rogers, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is a little older. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, it's not quite that. Right. It's not going <clears> to <throat> it's not going to be something that like lands at your doorstep or your balcony and takes you from point A to point B. Yeah. But uh, as close to that as we can get. Right. So essentially. Um, we are working on developing fully electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft, um, which, which is a, it's helicopter meets airplane. So if you, if you know, like the Ospreys that the military flies, it's, you can fly up and then fly across. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, essentially it's, it's, you'd think, you know, people would be more akin to like a helicopter, but different. Right. Um, and obviously we're going through the the same, but different. I feel like as a line from a Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, (laughs) probably the same, but different. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, it's really cool. So uh, the fundamental aspect of it is how do we not only work on creating the aircraft itself that integrates into a multi multimodal mobility solution, okay. uh, but how do we build the rest of the ecosystem around that? So essentially, sure. we've got to go build a new mode of transportation with that comes infrastructure, both digital, physical, operating models, uh, a whole slew and a whole host of different things that have to be there to support you know, safe, affordable, sustained flight. <clears throat> and the big goal for us really is um, not only build the aircraft, build the ecosystem, work through that, um, but how do we change how people move, right? If you look at what, you know, the chairman of Hyundai Motor Group is a really cool vision, you know, progress for humanity, change the landscape of mobility through solutions, device, electrification, utilization of hydrogen, right? When you really start talking about green energy solutions. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's really cool, right? Um, to provide that progress humanity, to, to make things green and provide opportunities in terms of mobility for you know people within urban environments. So one of the things historically, if you go back to like the beginning of recorded time, that uh, causes um, limitations of progress for certain people is mobility. How do you get from point A to point B? Even the way that certain cities were designed, it's not easy for somebody to get from one side of the city <clears> to the <throat> other. It may take you three hours on a bus. It may take you half your day. And you're spending a bunch of money to go do that that you may, not, may or may not have, right? Yeah. One of the big aspects that we're trying to do is, well, you'll hear us say a lot, is democratize flight. How do we make this equitable for other people that have never even thought about getting on an aircraft before yeah. that will eventually get on, on, on one of ours and take a flight that's safe, it's affordable, and it just makes sense to, to be able to provide that mobility solution or part yeah. of that mobility solution. So uh, it's, it's really cool. I mean, it's a game changer for not just people to get from point A to point B, but you know, a word that we would use a lot in the military, access and placement, right? Yeah more probably in the intel community or something like that. But how do we give people that access of placement to provide those benefits and those opportunities? And that's our mindset, right? So we have a user experience mindset, we have a cost experience <clears throat> mindset, and all of that to be able to provide that to as many people as we possibly can down the road. To, to say that that is a, uh, a heavy lift is probably <laughs> an understatement. Well, um, literally and figuratively. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. The yeah, lift yeah, is yeah, one yeah, of yeah. the uh, hey. challenges with batteries, uh, hey. actually. Um, so, so you're talking about electric and again, like just the idea of like electric flying taxis is, is, I mean that by itself, but, but something you, you mentioned is, is, and again, something I don't think that people think about when you think about the, the, the whole of the way we think about transportation, because you can't just say, well, we're going to create flying cars. Mm -hmm. You go, well, hold on. What, what about, you know, everything from, from power lines? And you go, well, that's, that's so like, mm -hmm. and, and, but yet if you don't think about it mm -hmm. and where are we landing and, and, uh, and it's something you mentioned is trying to think about the change the, the again, just the way, so maybe a hundred years, hopefully sooner than that people, the idea of getting in a car and following what somebody there, there's a, uh, uh, damned if I can't remember it. Somebody talked about uh, one time, the origin of why cars are, um, eight feet wide or whatever it is, seven mm -hmm. and a half feet mm -hmm. wide. And mm -hmm. it came mm -hmm. back to the wagon wheels. Mm -hmm. And that was mm -hmm. like in, in, in the wagon. And, mm -hmm. and yet 250, you know, 300 years later, our roads are Same. designed because somebody put that in place <coughs> and we were too far along. And I say too far, you know, almost in jest, we were too far along to change where you go. So why are cars not 10 feet, 10 feet wide or why are they not four feet wide? And, and, and as much as we develop the center of gravity to change and so you can have thinner cars, why don't we make lanes four feet wide? Well, because 
eons ago. That's we, the way it's always been done. That's right? the way There's it's always of, been done. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. just just the just innovation by itself mm-hmm. has to go. Anytime somebody says, "Well, that's the way it's all be all, all always been done," if you're in an innovative environment, that's an immediate like red flag mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's why we mm-hmm. exist because mm-hmm. if you say that's the way it's always been done, our competitors are not going to try and yep. take this on. But when you recognize what you're taking on, I mean, the, the gravity of what mm-hmm. you're taking on. So, like, is there when you talk about the the delivery of the first flying cars? Is this is this in our lifetime? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Um, and um, you know, I, I it's in this it's in this decade, the delivery of it. Yeah. Right? And our target, what we've you know, <clears throat> obviously gone out publicly and said, is twenty twenty eight. A little behind some of the other players that are out there. Yeah. We're also getting a little bit of a later start, et cetera. But um, it's it's um, it's combined with everything you just said, though, right? It's not only the technology on the aircraft, but it's all the supporting mechanisms that follow uh, the aircraft. Or you you can't have one without the other. Like, you yeah. can't have uh, an aircraft is nowhere to, nowhere to take off and land. Yeah. You can't have uh, nowhere to take off and land if you don't have a place to charge. Uh, have you guys thought you, about just delivering people, having them fast rope down, and that's well, just... that would be cool. Yeah, but I, <laughs> it, from the probably customer, not very practical. From the user experience, yeah. uh, there's certain types of folks that may like that, but certain <laughs> that. Uh, but but in all seriousness, though, the 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 user experience aspect of it. Again, we're going to be asking people to get you know a very very small percentage of the the, the population yeah. globally, and we look at things globally, right? Um, uh, as part of Hyundai, right? Um, very small percentage of the population have ever stepped foot on an aircraft. A really? much smaller percent of the population has ever stepped foot on a small aircraft. Hmm. And then from there, a much smaller percent of the population has ever stepped on a type of rotary wing type of yeah, aircraft, yeah. right? Uh, so we're going to be asking people that have never flown before to get into that type of small you know, four to six type of uh, passenger aircraft and, again, and so have that you, experience. And right? you're and thinking about the psychology behind everything, not yeah. just not just the delivery, but mm-hmm. the psychology of getting the, the buy-in but from the Absolutely. The, the public awareness, public acceptance is a big thing because huh. we're fundamentally asking, uh, you know, not only potential customers, people that are going to take a ride in an air taxi or an air mobile, whatever you want to yeah. call it, um, but regulators, people that run cities, et cetera, to, to say, hey, you know, you, you should go do this, right? And that's a big challenge. But taking that user experience, which is something that actually Hyundai is excellent at, and having a lot of the resources and the backing of Hyundai Motor Group in general to understand that is really helpful to our program development uh, because we got to get that right, right? You don't want to get in a, you don't, we, we can't have folks getting in the aircraft and have like a really bad experience, but don't get in it again, right? Yeah. And that's even how the flight operates, how the aircraft operates, how it moves through time and space. Um, and that's a really important piece on the engineering and R&D side to make sure that we get that right. Like, you know, if you're always experiencing terrible turbulence or something yeah, like yeah, that, right? people, you know, you, you've been, you know, you've flown in a bunch of stuff and probably jumped out of it too, right? Um, Not because of the turbulence, but, yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> but you don't really care, right? But yeah. if you're a paying customer to go do that, you know, and this is more of a regular thing as opposed to taking a flight from, you know, Philly to LA every once in a while or something, it's really important, right? Yeah. And it's not just the flight itself, but it's that whole... It's that whole experience of how do you book the flight? How do you integrate it with your first mile, last mile uh, experience? And that's why we're trying to have that seamless mobility solution. This being one part of it, we think a big part of it, right? And there's a huge future for air mobility in general and a huge market for it. Um, But how do we integrate that and everything around it to make that seamless experience and really get to the heart of one of the aspects is the convenience aspect of this just saves you time in your day that you can go back and use it for, you know, whatever that is, right? Um, you know, a perfect example, when I used to work in downtown in Philly, 
from my I live about 12 miles away as the crow flies. Yeah. Uh, in Jersey, and it would take me about an hour and 10 minutes door to door to get there, even without any traffic on yeah. like 295. Right. And if anybody that's listening to this knows the Jersey <laughs> yes. Philly area, they know what I mean. Yeah. Um, They're probably listening to this podcast while doing a 12 mile commute. Yeah, exactly. For, that takes exactly, an hour and a half. Exactly. Yeah. And that was a combination <laughs> of, you know, driving to the train station, getting on Patco, <clears throat> getting from Patco to the to 16th and Locust and then walking to the building and all of that. Right. Um, you know, you put a vertiport at one of the, for example, you know, semi underutilized um, airports yeah. uh, about five minutes from where I live in, in Jersey or just in another area. Uh, I go there. It takes me about five minutes to get there. I could be in Philly in you know six seven minutes, right? Uh, right in the heart of downtown, yeah. with the connecting Vertiport. I just saved myself an hour each way, two hours a day. Yeah. Imagine what you could do with that. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, and that's if that that's we always talk about that. That's the one commodity you can't make you more can't, of. Right. You can never get back is time. You can't make right? back time, and to yep. give somebody back time is, I mean, that that's I mean, is that. That's the value prop in, in some ways, right? It's just it's one of the big value props of it. Yeah, it's not it's not just a convenience. It's it's getting back that one precious commodity yep. you can't get. You can never get, get back. Yep. Um, what is uh, it's interesting you bring up the psychological piece because that's not something I, I thought about. I, I, I when I think about flying cars, I think about the logistics and I think about the cost and I and I think, but I don't really think about. Well, that's huge too. But. Getting people, yeah, yeah, right. And and, and you mentioned earlier, like batteries, right? Just the, everything about the technology and and the infrastructure, creating these. And so, uh, and I think about it, but I, I didn't think. I just thought, you know, you think about like not to geek out on on academic theory, but like Rogers Diffusion of Innovation curve. You, you know, you have the innovators and the early adopters, mm -hmm. and and you think, well, to get people in the flying cars, like, that's pretty easy. I, again, just a guy who just who perhaps doesn't understand psychology, I guess, as well as I thought I did. Yeah, it's it, the interesting aspect that you bring up is. For a guy like you, right? Yeah, you would jump into one of these things and probably test it, right? Um, yeah. Because you just think it's probably really cool. Well, I probably I put my wife in it and have her test it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just kidding, honey. <laughs> um, I mean, you'd probably put Marines in it first. Yeah, they would definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. jump in it for all the Marines out there, right? Uh, everybody do that. Has Somebody to come up dispensable, at some point. yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, but for a lot of people, that's that's not the case. Yeah, right? yeah. So that that is a big aspect of it. But of course, all the other aspects are, are, are huge as well. And that's why one of the things mm -hmm. that we're doing in, in our approach strategically uh, at Hyundai Motor Group with all the, the, the resources the group has and all the incredible things that the group does, uh, you know, beyond Hyundai is not just a car company, right? Yeah. Uh, Hyundai didn't start as a car company. It started as an infrastructure company post-World War II development, mm -hmm. right, in, in the 40s. It wasn't until, I believe, about 1967 that they actually produced the first car and then the first scaled mass-produced car coming mm -hmm. out of South Korea. Um, and it's, we look at it as it's an innovation company. It's a technology company. Um, and it's a mobility solution, mobility device, uh, electrification, hydrogen company. It's not a, I mean, it is a car company, but it's much yeah. more, um, than a car company. So the, all of those other aspects that we got to pull together yeah. are, are really important to make where you have to go make a new market for a new mode of transportation, right? Leveraging things that are existing, of, of course. course, but there's, there's a, there's a ton of expansion. Where are the, um. So you you I like I hear about um, Elon Musk's uh, like underground thing. He says he says because the the um, terrain is already uh, used up, right? So he says we don't really have a you can't you can't create more more earth. We have as much surface <laughs> surface area as we have, but you can go underground and you can go above ground, which is, again so it speaks to what you guys are doing with taking using air, which is from a three dimensional aspect is unlimited, right? You can it's almost or virtually unlimited, right? But going underground, I think he's got that 
um, the hyperloop, the hyperloop, right? The, the, the speed pods at 700 miles an hour, whatever. Yeah. Is that a, it's just using, and, and then there's the jet packs I saw on Facebook recently. There was a, like the, the British, uh, Royal Marines. I would actually the, love to test one of those. Yeah. Would, would I mean, wouldn't you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. I recently talked to one of the guys that's working on that actually. Did you really? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it was a couple months ago, but really, really cool. So actually. are those, so the jet pack for those of you who haven't seen it, you can just Google like jet pack, British Royal Marines or something. And there's this jet pack from one ship to another mm-hmm. and it's, and I, I don't know the I don't know the extent to which you know what what somebody who has a great vision what their utility for that is, um, but are are those competing um, uh, uh, elements for like for the uh, Hyundai Air Mobility uh, like flying cars or are they complementary? Is it are they all part of like a radical change that's going to happen in transportation? Yeah, that's a good question. I think. Um a little bit of both, maybe, yeah. right? I think the individual jet packs, that's probably going to be a little bit farther away, <laughs> right? Um, it's that really is some cool. Buck Rogers stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there's a there's a there's there's so many things that come with that with the technology, the certification, anything that flies yeah. is a little bit different than things on the ground, which is more of a self-regulating industry. Anything that flies, you got FAA, <clears throat> EASA, other regulatory environments, et cetera. Um, and it's uh, and first and foremost, it's all about safety, right? Yeah, that that's 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 the number one thing, right? Um, but it's you know, and there's other stuff around those type of things that Hyundai Motor Group is working on as well. Uh, you know, exoskeletons for for folks that have disabilities, for example, right? Yeah. Um, maybe not a jetpack, right? Uh, I don't know about that, but um, there is a, a a piece of integrating all of those in, right? Um, hmm. yeah. So some of it is. You know, as as things progress in terms of technology, you're going to have new types of innovation that compete against each other. And some of it, though, maybe competes, but also integrates into uh, existing modes of mobility, transportation, et cetera, and ones that will evolve moving forward in the future. So perfect example um, for us is this doesn't mean we're, we're getting rid of cars in any way, right? Um, it's just in addition to, uh, you know, uh, we could – you could have – an example would be, you know, you book a flight with, uh, you know, uh, your Hyundai aircraft. You got to get to the Vertiport. Maybe it's a mile away from your house. Maybe you walk. Maybe you get a scooter that comes from. You jetpack yourself uh, there. You jetpack yourself there. <laughs> Eventually in the future, you get a uh, fully autonomous, you know, Genesis uh, that comes and picks you up one of the uh, Hyundai Motor Group lines of vehicles, which are awesome. Oh, oh a fully automated Genesis. Yeah. Like the, the self-driving Uber. Like a self-driving, yeah, yeah. right? Comes, gets you, gets you to the Vertiport. It's all timed. It's seamless. You go through, you know, whatever the security protocols look like in that yeah. uh, in the future, and that's some of the things that we're 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 working on with partners. Um, <clears throat> and then you get on your flight, you get off, you take off, you get from you know now you're at point A to point B from the flight perspective, and then uh, depending on where that takes you, you know, you maybe have to get the last quarter mile, half mile, whatever it may be, to get you to your final destination. But it's integration of a, that truly multimodal mobility solution. So it's it's it really is additive to some of the things that exist now and complementary to other things that will exist in the future that aren't necessarily just the air. So you came from a, a big consulting firm be- before you came to, to Hyundai. Um, in terms of just like the environment that has to, maybe I, what's the better word, like just the culture that permeates something like what you guys are doing. Is there ever a time where somebody goes, Hey man, like this isn't, you know, this isn't Star Wars. Like this is, or, or somebody goes, Hey, like, what, what are you like? What are you, you know, you, you dreaming? Mm-hmm. I, I feel mm-hmm. like everything that you've just yeah. mentioned about radically changing, mm-hmm. um, the way we have for hundreds of years viewed transportation and, uh, the, the idea that, 
you know, not that roads become obsolete, but that that this becomes a primary mechanism. And, and ultimately, I see you said in this decade, which means that in four decades from now, it's even more so. Right. So yeah. when you are working in an environment that's that's so incredibly innovative, like in true and, and I mean, innovative, like like everything has to be on the table. Is there a point where somebody introduces an idea or and and somebody has to like like pump the brakes and be like, whoa, whoa, like that, that's yeah. not plausible. Yeah. Because if yeah. you had come to me like five years ago and said flying <laughs> cars in this decade, I would have said like, come on, this is, this is that's not plausible. <laughs> so yeah. like, is, is it just, is it, is it just awesome being in like, it's totally innovative environment? Yeah. I mean it, it, it so yes, yeah. but, but right. You do have to have that pragmatism, that realism that says, you know, uh, to coin an old consulting firm or uh, uh, phrase, the art of the possible. Right. Yeah. And our challenge is, you know, straight from the top is is be as innovative as new as possible, but it also does need to be real on specific timelines as well, right? Um, and that there are constraints to what the limits of the technology just will be in that timeline. A uh, big one that you know really the whole industry deals with is battery technology. There's limits of just the physics and the science and the chemistry that goes into uh, the energy and the energy density that batteries will be able to produce. Given you're saying uh, you're saying batteries, the the batteries, the fuel and, and you're saying across the board. Yeah, across the board. Right. Yeah. So that's a that's a limiting factor yeah. to the industry. That's just I mean, massive improvements are made day over day, year over year, et cetera. Yeah. But there is a constraint that, you know, there's no magic fairy dust that's going to be able yeah. to say, you know, you're going to take uh, X amount, a thousand pounds of payload at X speed, a thousand miles just because you want to. Right. So there is a level of pragmatism and realism. But. You know, really, the challenge is how, how do you push the absolute limits of that uh, to uh, make advancements as far as you can? But again, never violating anything on safety, right? That's the number sure. one. That's the number one thing. Um, is but, that yeah, the, is that the big sanity check, like the the safety and or or, 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 say, or the limits of the technology? It's right? the limits of the technology. I mean, it's safety is always number one because <clears throat> it has to be right. That's first and foremost. Yeah. Um, but it's the limits of technology, and how does that fit into the the operating model and the business model? Of course, yeah. right? Because uh, you know, there may be things that you can go do physically that don't actually make sense from a business perspective, right? Um, so essentially, how do you get the, the direct operating cost of yeah. uh, the aircraft and your operating model down to the point where it makes sense to go do it? Uh, because at the end of the day, you, do, you need to make money off of it, yeah. right? Um, but uh, and it needs to be profitable. But you know, the, it's the marriage of the innovation. And, and the business case, you know, safety and, and all of those things coming together to kind of make that optimal solution, right? And that's, that's one of the challenges of getting it all, uh, you know, kind of turn the knobs and the, no and the, knobs and the dials to, to make that all fit. Right? Yeah, part art, part science, right? What, uh, what, what surprised you? Like, you've been there a couple of years now, right? Uh, just over a year. Oh, just over just a year. Just over a year, So yeah. in the year that you've been doing, and I know you did some great things coming out of Wharton and doing some great things with, with, yeah. in the consulting world. Is there anything that stands out to you that has surprised you in a, in a good way where you're like, wow, like uh, this is, this is like, again, I think I thought I knew innovation or yeah. I thought I knew what yeah. it was like to work for a, a cutting edge project or program, but this, this is just like mind blowing how. Yeah. I mean, I think it's some of the advancements. I mean, kind of honestly, every day working so closely with our engineering and R and D team, we've got some brilliant, brilliant folks over there well, and then have the, to, the rest right? of the folks you know with our external partners and our internal partners at hyundai motor group in general just the sheer breadth of everything that they have going on uh is just really exciting i mean it, I, I mean not to you know kind of uh, sound cliche about my own place at a map but it, it's exciting i mean some of the stuff that that hyundai motor group is working on 
uh, and I'm also kind of a nerd on a lot of stuff. So it's some of the simpler stuff too on logistics, right? Yeah. How are we going to get the aircraft from point A to point B after, after final assembly? Well, we have folks that can do that, right? Uh, you know, um, maintenance, readiness, and uh, repair and overhaul, right? Uh, MRO services, like we, we're, we're working on those. What's MRO? That, maintenance, repair, and overhaul. Oh, okay. so, yeah, yeah. Maintenance services, right? Sure. Um, so it's it's everything from the the big kind of very exciting things that you see from a technological advancement, yeah. autonomous solutions, etc. Uh, to some of the kind of things that I kind of nerd out on to get that direct operating cost down, right? You find yeah. these really cool solutions with working with what Hyundai Motor Group already has. That's just really cool. And, and I've been there about a year. And honestly, I still learn more uh, about what we do on, on a regular basis. It's like, oh, I didn't even know we do that, but we've got a group that, that, that works on that. So it's kind of both internal, it's external advancements in technology. Um, and it's just kind of you know, everything we're working on is generally speaking a little bit new, right? Yeah. Uh, so we have, you know, for example, we have a partnership with these folks over in the, the UK urban airport, great group. She had a really cool announcement that came out yesterday, depending on when people watch this. Um, <laughs> but from when we're filming it, where, you know, we have a prototype vertiport, first of its kind in the world. It's going to be coming out later this fall, a big event that we'll have over there. Uh, and just really exciting to see. I'm sorry, a vertiport is the place oh, sorry, where, yeah, a, where, yeah. a, where it, a flying where taxi would, would come up and exactly, land. Okay. Exactly, yeah. So. Um, think of it as a small, mm -hmm. contained, fully functioning airport, essentially. Yeah. And would, like when you see at the hospitals, like their 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 life flight has a. That, well, that's more of just a pad. But right? I'm but saying that's be, a pad. This yeah. is a. a but this pad is going to be a functioning. Yeah, exactly. A fully functioning, kind of small airport called the Air One. It's a prototype for it. But just really exciting to show all the capabilities that come with that. Yeah. Uh, integrating it into off-grid energy solutions, right? Integrating it with multimodal solutions on the ground, wow. um, and having those advancements come together, even. You know, even though it's not the full solution for air mobility in the future, but it's yeah. a big part of it. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's exciting to see it start kind of coming together and moving towards reality and working with different geographies to get the set. And, and, and as you start seeing the big pieces and as all these moving pieces kind of make this big shell game of all these things that we need to go do to make the ecosystem yeah. as you know, small ones start coming together and building and growing on each other. It's just, it's just exciting, right? It's really cool. Yeah. I, I interrupted you just to, to clarify with the Vertiport, but you said there's, they're doing a test one they just announced they're going to do a test one coming yeah up. we're building a uh, a prototype one in a, a partner of ours urban airport over in the uk so yeah. it'll be uh this fall in uh, the city of coventry uh which is uh, approximately about an hour or so outside of london where it'll be a fully functioning um vertiport so it's, it's called the air one it's a it's a it's a prototype right so it's not yeah. necessarily the end state of it but it's really advanced uh and it's going to really demonstrate for people that public can come uh, hopefully as many people as they can over in the UK. It'll be in the UK um, uh, this fall uh, for public demonstration, too, of, of showing what the use cases could be, showing how people can interact with it from a public perspective. Yeah. Uh, we'll have um, you know a bunch of virtual reality stuff there as well, things like that. So it'll be a really, really cool event. Again, it's, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's interesting that, that, and again, just as a guy who's not in that space, but who's fascinated by it, yeah the holistic approach that you have to take to yep. to transportation and, 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 and everything from creating whole new uh, 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 train stations, if you will, mm -hmm. you know, that were what will now be vertiports, but ostensibly a, a train station meets a, a helipad. Meets oh, it's, a, it's exactly right. That, that's actually one of the things we're looking at, right, is how do you, again, to integrate with existing solutions, um, which you'll find actually is really interesting is a lot of um, rail uh, operators or carriers or owners, they actually own the airspace hmm. above the rail. 
to a certain extent to the kind of the left and right of it too. So no you can utilize it to fly over and then veer off because of course you, you know, you got to veer off at some point. Right. Yeah. Um, but working with them to identify how, how does that kind of come together? How do you, you know, especially they have access to electrification, right. From uh, the rail yeah, network. Yeah, and yeah. how do you, how do you, that's where you know, that integration piece with existing modes of transportation, both public and private becomes really, really important moving forward. One of the things we always talk with some of our clients here at, at Greencastle, we, we talk about, uh, we use the analogy of, of, uh, of um, the, 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 uh, the carnival squirt gun game where you squirt and, you're, and the horses line up and, you, and we, we always say like one of the horses, nobody can be squirting in the mouth of the clown or something and, and, and their horse can't be getting too far ahead, right? So you, when you're talking about, so when, when, I, when I think about what you're talking about, like we can't, we can't create a vertiport if we don't have a plane yeah. or a, yeah. a, 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 a vertical takeoff and landing vehicle and we can't get the vehicle if we don't yep. have the batteries and we can't get the batteries if we don't have... Yep. The, the electrical components and we can't get the if we don't have the buy-in from the people who want to fly yeah, in this yeah, thing and yeah, yeah. I mean you hit it you, you're, you're, <clears throat> you sure you haven't actually worked in the industry yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you hiring <laughs> just kidding Greencastle I'm here for life Greencastle uh, for life <laughs> nice plug um, <laughs> yeah, like that no I mean that's that's a huge aspect of it and that's why I, know where I say that shell game of it right of how do you pull yeah. this together or maybe shell game is the wrong term but no, like but a that's puzzle a, that's a, that yeah, comes yeah. together that's a visual um, reference and, right? a, and a coordinated that. effort because a lot of these things are very capital intensive. And if you look at the folks that are going to provide the capital to put it in the right place at the right time, yeah. there needs to be that return on that investment, both public and private, right? Um, and pulling that all together at the right time, at the right place to have that kind of massing effect to be able to scale it and get it done is, is you know, one of, the, one of the challenges, right? You don't, for example, like you don't want a whole bunch of investment in infrastructure that's going to sit there. Yeah. For a couple of years, yeah. maybe, right? It's got to be time right because what, what return is any investor going to get on that? Yeah. They won't, right? So if you time it appropriately, though, that you have it in there right when you need it, right? Not necessarily the just-in-time model of, of supply <clears throat> chain is not what I'm getting at, but it has to be done in that coordinated fashion uh, to be able to you know, make sure the operating model comes together and then have the ability to scale it as well. Uh, and that, that's, that's one of the challenges that we're working through. Yeah, and that's and again, a but little it's spot on though. I mean, part exactly art, it. part science, yeah. right? Is yeah. is the the yeah. art of, and that's the art of management, right? The science of management says this is how you do it, and then there's the yep. you apply the art to it, yep. um, which is probably a good segue into, um, you know, you you were an officer in in the Green Berets, uh, multiple deployments, managed people, and in some very dynamic circumstances. Dynamic is probably an, an understatement of. Of the kind of things that that Green Berets find themselves in, um, obviously Greencastle, we're we're all vets, and so we we're, we love veteran stories. We love talking about how vets have have succeeded. Uh, a veteran who's working on uh, flying cars is is kind of a cool thing for for all of us to celebrate as veterans and be like, wow, we're like this, that's pretty cool. We're on the cutting edge of something big. Um, how much does uh, does your experience in the Army, in not just in the Green Berets alone, but 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 in in the Special Operations Committee, but how much does does your experience in the military play into your ability to manage these programs, to kind of you know make sure the left hand knows what the right hand's yeah. doing, to yeah. juggle as you you mentioned all these balls in yeah. the air and at the same time? Yeah, no, it's huge. I mean, I think it's interesting. Is um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a lot of times you hear about. Uh, like the transition from military to civilian or whatever. And yeah. it's different for every individual, right? Yeah. I think if you take 
if you had the opportunity to be involved in those aspects of the military that provide those core principles, and I look at it as leadership, management, and problem solving, right? Yeah. It's kind of, and leading and managing are different things, right? Yeah. Managing is more of kind of those, you know, setting up the operations, managing to that operations, use the definition of a definition. Leading is inspiring <laughs> people and getting them to go do the things that they maybe not even thought they could ever possibly do, right? Uh, and then, of course, problem solving is how do you, you know, put some intuition and some analysis and rigor around that to bring it all together. If you can pull all of those three things together in a Venn diagram and be at least good at a little of them, yeah. that that creates collaboration, that creates innovation, right, to be able to go do those things. And I think the path coming out of the military, specifically in the special operations, because as, a, as opposed to the SEALs, SF, you know, Green Beret is a little bit more cerebral. We actually think a little bit every yeah, once in a while. Yeah, and it doesn't make any yeah, sense. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Nah, I, yeah. and, I, and I kid, I love, I love the SEALs. Yeah. Um, I pick things up, I put them down. <laughs> exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. That old uh, uh, commercial. <laughs> the old commercial, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lug, uh, the lug gym. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, Which clearly, I, it was not filmed after this guy. It wasn't like, either. oh, there's no. a SEAL. Let's look at no. it. I look like God put me together Be using spare parts. People see me and they're like, you did what? Um, uh, yes, it was a struggle. Um, and, um, but I think it sets you up exceptionally, right? I think those principles apply to anything you're going to go do, whether it's the military, whether it's the corporate world, the public sector, the private sector, it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, and if you could take those principles and apply it, that's really important. And especially the, you know, it still comes down to people, right? All the technology and all these things, if you can't bring together people, especially in the the role that I have in terms of partnerships, which is encompassing of our own internal side uh, within our division, within Hyundai Motor Group, with external parties, with, you know, fill in the blank, right? Um, is that that aspect, uh, especially in the digital world and all these things, it's huge, right? You, you can never get past that. It's one of the things that, you know, the, the opportunity in the military that it forces you to go do that and work as a team, um, no matter hmm. what you're doing yeah. from the get-go, is, is, is huge, right? right. Um, but also the ability to, you know, you know when, when the going gets tough, like, that's normal, right? Uh, generally speaking, and, and be able to handle that and be able to lead through that uh, and and really bring people through this problem solving process. You have the leading, you have the managing, and and the process that you know, the military trains folks on, especially in the special operations community. Right, uh, we call it the MDMP and, and the soft kind of planning toolkit, and yeah. the, uh, the Navy. I forget exactly what it's called. It's all the same Something, thing, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And the Marines is like MCPP or something like that. Yeah, Marines is go do break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a hill. We don't expect you to come back, but <laughs> Godspeed. Uh, but uh, I mean, that's honestly, like, I was over at McKinsey and Company. It's basically the same process, right? I don't know who, you know, if they sold it to the Army or they give it, who, whoever, yeah. whatever. Uh, but it works, right? And if you can take people through that process, you know, this kind of sounds cliche, but if you have a good team and you have a good process, it doesn't mean everything's always going to work out. But you have a good shot at doing things that nobody ever thought you could accomplish, right? And I've seen that firsthand in the military. I've seen that firsthand outside. Uh, not to sound kind of corny about it, but it, it's true, right? You take those principles and you can apply them really anywhere. Now, everybody has different experiences coming of what they did in the military and what they did out. I was just very fortunate um, to, to have that kind of path and be surrounded by people like back on my ODA that if, if, if I didn't create those types of opportunities, they wouldn't let me know and I probably wouldn't have lasted on the team very long, right? <laughs> uh, and you know what I'm talking about. Um, and, uh, you know, surround yourself with exceptional people. You can go do exceptional things. Um, yeah. So I think it sets you up, especially the soft side, because it is a little bit different sometimes than the than the conventional um, forces. It, it sets you up for success anywhere. To be honest, what? what um, and, and I know you got to jump for another thing here in, in a little bit, but um, uh, what does uh, 
what does transportation look like? So you guys said, you, you know, you hope to have the first one out in this decade. Um, 25 years, quarter century from now, what, is, what does transportation look like? Honestly, that? I don't even know, right? Uh, I think um, 25 you, years from now, you could be, at, you could be talking. Do you, let me ask you this before you answer. Do you guys keep moving the goalpost yeah. as opposed to what it looks like because something else comes up? Yeah, I mean, 25 years from now is a little is well, you know, we're we're looking honestly about 20ish years yeah. out, right? Because it's going to take, you know, we, you you launch in the decade, it still takes time to scale. Sure. Um, but then you have new ad. I think, well, so let me take it back. In 25 years, what you do have a lot more of is automation, right? Mm. Uh, so you you know, in terms of um, aircraft being piloted in 25 years, probably not, right? Um, you know, they would be able to fly themselves on a mission from point A to point B, right? Yeah. And a lot of the technology is going to be there well before that. It's more of how do you, you know, how do you work to make sure that the regulation yeah. and things are there? Because again, it all goes back to safety, right? Yeah. And there's a, that element of public acceptance, right? People, you know, get on and they see, oh, there's no pilot here, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that's going to be a major muscle movement for a lot of people in, in the future. Interesting though, is like if you ask kids today, like I'll show my kids, some of the stuff that we're working on, right? And be like, what do you think about this? And they're like, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like normal. Like, yeah, yeah. We should be doing yeah, that, Yeah, like, right? Dad, that's been on Minecraft for ages. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so it's it, it's weird of that transfer of um, of technology, of that what what's normalized <laughs> and, and the art of the possible, right, is for people that are 11 or 8 years old, like my girls, right? They're like, why can't you make it like way cooler than that? Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. but where other people are going to be like, Whoa, that's crazy. Right. Like I never thought I'd see that in my life. And they just kind of expect it. Right. Um, but you know, that's what people expect from different age groups. But I think you'll see a lot more autonomy, green energy solutions. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. We've got to move towards those green solutions and we got to keep pushing on that electrification, hydrogen fuel solutions, which is a lot of stuff that we're working on and a lot of others are as well, but that's gotta, that's gotta move forward because we, we get one planet, we got to take care of it, right? Um, and, it, and, it, and it provides a lot of, um, you know, uh, a lot of energy solutions for it as well that can allow you to do different things away from fossil fuels. Um, and I think you're, you're going to see that hit. Um, you're going to see that hit not just the airspace, but it's going to be the ground space as well. And you're going to see it beyond what we're looking at in urban air mobility. You're going to see it in, you know, supersonic flight. Uh, you know, hydrogen-powered f- f- uh, supersonic flight that goes from, uh, you know, Philly to London in, you know, like the speed of a Concorde, for example, right? Uh, and, yeah. and you'll start to see those things. Uh, you Which know, is interesting you bring up the now. Concorde because it went away for so many years, right? The, I think the, the flight in— It's too in, expensive. Right, and the, fl- the crash after France kind of did it yeah. in in terms of, yeah. of public confidence in it. If I, if I recall correctly, I don't remember exactly, but uh, the, right, wasn't there a crash of the Concorde in, out of, coming out of Charles de Gaulle? Maybe, and yeah. And I, I think the, the, the investor confidence dipped and things like that. But it's, it's interesting it's back now, and now it's back almost with a vengeance because mm-hmm. now we're, we're talking about, uh, um, you know, taking that as, as, you know, whatever that was, 90s technology and going, oh, well, that's, that's yesteryear. Now how do we, <laughs> how do we mass scale that? Um, and, and, and interesting, you, you also mentioned that uh, you're talking about um, um, pilotless, uh, what do we call it? What's the word you're using? Autonomous. Autonomous, autonomous flight. Um, right? The military has been doing that for ages with, with, uh, um, with drone Drones, technology. Yep, and yep. Uh, so I heard somebody, uh, <laughs> or I read an article or saw an interview recently where somebody said, we will have, in terms of military jets, we will have hit the um, the pinnacle of what the human body can endure mm-hmm. in terms of duration, mm-hmm. you know, wh- whatever, 24 hours in the air or, 
or speed. The mm -hmm. body can only take so many G forces. Speed against your, and maneuverability. Yeah, maneuver every, everything about it. And so they said it's not a matter of of can we not put another guy in in a souped up F eighteen you know on steroids? Mm -hmm. It's the human body has reached its limits of mm -hmm. of where we can go. And and so they said the the, the autonomous flight in terms of fighter jets and you know the top gun stuff isn't it's not a matter of of well can we it's we have to mm -hmm. because if we're going to go faster if we're going to put more g-forces on the airframe the human body's done like yeah. we, we've already exceeded what the human body and, mm -hmm. and there's nothing you can do other than i don't know some sort of gen genetic <laughs> mutation which you guys may be working on i might be if i say <laughs> If they can, uh, they maybe they can make me taller. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If they could first work on uh, hair, hair growth, yeah, tonic. Yeah, yeah. Why did you go there? The hair. That, yeah. Why you went to the? No, hair. I just I, I pointed to my head. I was gonna say I was gonna say make <laughs> yeah. my brain more yeah. powerful hey, well, yeah, than it already is, what which I meant. is yeah. super powerful. Yeah. No, yeah. You can edit that out. <laughs> edit that we'll out. edit that at in uh, in post, mm -hmm. which as it makes it sound like we have a, like a whole post production team. Because we are, we're a big deal here. We're a big deal at the <laughs> at the uh, shots from the Winchester podcast. Um, My kids could probably do it and then put it on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a, we have a YouTube channel. In case you're not following us on YouTube, but we do have a YouTube channel. Um, and we asked uh, around the company. We're like, hey, does anybody know anything about how to get this YouTube channel up and you know, like to get it, you know, take it from what a bunch of middle aged guys yeah, and gals have done to, kids, yeah. and they and a bunch of us uh, tapped into our kids and they were like, Oh, you need to have your playlist and you need to add this. Yep. Yeah. So it's funny that you talk about um what's the uh, what's the, the video game that kids talk about that uh what's the the number one game in the world? Um, oh it's uh I know what you're talking about. It's not it's not Minecraft. It's oh my god. The, uh, no, it's 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 two middle aged guys trying to figure out yeah. what they're what, yeah, what our kids <laughs> uh, uh, this is the worst podcast ever. Yeah, yeah. Two middle aged guys trying to figure out what our what what oh that's, God's, a, that's a podcast yeah, yeah. in itself. We we should right? be yeah, we should have a live podcast so people can chime in and be like, Listen, you dopes, it's whatever, uh, whatever the, the, the the where you fly oh in god. and you fight I know other what you're people. I know and, what you're talking about. And so I never played it. No literally. No, no I've seen my kids. <laughs> And my uh, my kids, there's somebody screaming who's driving, sitting in traffic right now. It's called X. I don't, I don't remember what the name is, but um, my uh, my now it's killing me. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> my kids will play that, and um, uh, and so like I, I took actually took helmet cam footage one day of, of me jumping out of a helicopter and uh, and parachuting. I was like, hey kids, you know, look at this. There's actually a funny story about that whole thing because uh, and they're probably not impressed at all. Well, you know, there there's a. Uh, diminishing returns on how cool your dad is and, and then eventually and this is a totally true story and I, I don't we're kind of going off the rails here but totally true story is uh one of uh, my i came home and my middle guy was in kindergarten mm -hmm. at the time and i came home and i showed him this helmet cam footage and i was like hey bud and i was like listen dad just did this really cool uh thing this weekend you know would you want to see it and he's like sure and i showed it to him he's like oh that's cool he's like and this is a true story he's like hey do you know what timmy's dad does and i was like Oh, I don't know. Like, was he, is he a fucking astronaut? Like what, what is he? Like, what is he? Like, what, what, what? I just showed you dad jumping out of a helicopter, parachuting in what I think is super cool. Yeah. What does he do? He's like, Timmy's dad works at Wawa. He gets free subs anytime he, anytime he wants. And I was like, which is pretty awesome actually. You know, like there's a part of me wanted to be like, well, uh, did you thank <laughs> Timmy's dad for your freedom? <laughs> but what came out was, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, for anybody that's listening to this, it's from the Philly area. Yeah, 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 yeah. For anybody, even up and down the East Coast, I think Wawa's. But yeah, that, that's a, that may actually trump the. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what is what is what is uh, what does skydiving get me? Nothing. Nothing. But you know what? It's free subs. That <laughs> gets me a full belly. Um, anyway, my point is that, um, 
when they play that game and I'm like, Oh yeah, they jump out of plane. He's like, yeah, dad, but they jump out of planes and then they have a, they have a, like a, a hang, a paraglider <laughs> yeah. that automatically comes out of their back. And then they like, they uh-huh. don't have to have a parachute. They just, they can sail over. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, you know, like, you know, it's, there's also cool stuff that, you know, <laughs> and they're like, not this cool. So yeah. yeah but do they do it at night? Yeah. Do they do it at night? Nods, right? Yeah. Like, with, with photon torpedoes. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, they do. Yeah. And lasers. They yeah. Lasers and lasers. And yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, dad never operated at that level. I just, I barely landed with, with all my <laughs> yeah. parts intact. Um, uh, if somebody were to get, wanted to get uh, involved in, um, in like this lane, like just this cool, I mean, I mean, there is no other word for it other than it is a very cool thing, right? I mean, yeah, you, I mean, cool. you spent a lot of time in the Green Berets, I spent a lot of time in the SEAL teams and, and what we did was cool and it still is, it continues to be cool, but um, th- this, I mean, if, if you're not jumping out of planes and, and chasing bad guys, this is, I, I don't yeah, know. I'm not in your cool. space. It's, it rivals it yeah. in a different level, a different realm of cool, but it's still pretty cool. If somebody yeah. wanted to get involved in this, what are, what are they, uh, if you were providing guidance to somebody who's like, yeah, I want to get, I want to be on the cutting edge of this. What do they, what do they have? To yeah. Well, I think Computers? it depends on, it depends on where you're at, you know, and, and, uh, I guess at this stage in life, but the the engineering capability right uh in terms of the software development i mean there's a hardware component there's a software component battery technology um hydrogen fuel cell technology those things that are going to lead us in this not just from an aircraft perspective but uh from a from multiple different mobility solutions and just energy providing solutions that that's huge right yeah um autonomous capability in terms of the software of it huge right uh, I mean, the whole STEM stuff that's going on, I mean, that, that kind of stuff is just, um, I mean, I can't even, like, I, I, you know, I have a lot of people on my team that have the expertise in those things, but I mean, it's just fascinating stuff. But that, that STEM path, there, there's not enough people doing it, right? Yeah, right. I mean, and there's a lot of people doing it, but the, the, the world is just going to need more, just going to need more. Um, it's an interesting it's, point. There's, there's, there's a lot of people doing it, but there's still not, not enough, enough because of the rapid exponential yep. growth. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what is it, the past 20 years or so, or 30 years, or maybe even 10, yeah. I don't know, I, can, I can't even keep up with it. More technological advancements than all the combined advancements in human history, right? In human history. And that's just going to keep going, yeah. right? And a lot of it is, of course, on the software side, but of course the hardware, the cell technology for cell chemistry, for uh, batteries, battery packs. I mean, these are some of the limiting factors. Again, hydrogen fuel cell technology. These are the things of, of the future for, for us and for multiple multiple other things that will move or will need energy solutions. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's just so many aspects of it. It just depends. also depends on what part of it you want to be in because it's so big, right? And there's so many things yeah. that need to get done. Um, I mean, there's an aspect of the infrastructure side. If you want to get into infrastructure financing for things like this because that's kind of your bag, right? And you come from an, you know, more of an investor type of profile, right? There's so many different things both on yeah. the technology, off the technology, on the aircraft, off the aircraft, um, but, but suffice that, to say, when, in, in what you said early on, I think is probably it, it, it's it's a it there's a there's power in, in the words we choose. And you said and, and, and if you geek out on this stuff, it really is fascinating. Yeah. You go, we have seen more technological developments in the last whatever is fifth, let's say 20 years yeah. than we saw in all of human history. Yep. So since the turn of the millennium, since Y2K, we have seen more technological developments than than in all of the previous whatever recorded history mm-hmm. tens of thousands of years mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy, crazy. Yeah. so if, so uh, maybe the answer is if you want to get involved in this guess what it, it, it's not going away it's yeah. only going no. to escalate no it's not going away it's yeah. not going so away so innovation advancing society from where it is today to like just a radical departure from from yep. from where we were today to where we're going to be tomorrow and 
Well, and that's the thing, right? It, that that can never stop, yeah. right? Because if that stops, you 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 have no progress, right? Yeah. And it's it's this interesting thing, right? Where people are always like, "Well, with that innovation, it's gonna it's gonna kill an industry, or it's gonna be this." People say that all the time. There's a great <clears throat> there's a great image, and I wish I I should have brought it. I wish I had it. You can Google it. I forget what you have to Google, but you can find it. Essentially, it's it's showing um. I always get the dates wrong, and somebody always corrects me, but it's like 1903, right? Yeah. And I, I think it's a street in New York or Chicago or something like that. So yeah. you can clearly see I've got this, the facts straight on this. Um, <laughs> and it's like you see— Chicago or New York or somewhere on Earth. Somewhere yeah. in America. <laughs> and you see a Model T yeah. driving down like a dirt road and some buildings surrounding it, and yeah. everything else is horse and buggy. Yeah. And then they show the exact same image taken, I think it's 10 years later, 1913-ish, and there's one horse and buggy and everything else is a car, yeah. right? So things adapt, they change. Yeah. Uh, and that, that will always happen. And like what we're doing now, um, you know, it's adapting and changing and it's creating new industries. It's creating new jobs. It's creating new technology. It's creating new operating models. It's all of these things that will continue to evolve. And, you know, 20 years from now, we're going to evolve onto that, right? We're going to do something else. Yeah. And, you know, eventually maybe it'll be like Star Trek and we'll be teleporting people or whatever it is or beam people up. I don't know. But you heard it here first. Yeah. That's what's coming. We're not we're not we're not doing that right now. <laughs> um, but I think that you're exactly right. That's going to continue to evolve. And there's just so much opportunity um, from the STEM perspective of it that and, and there's just we you know, the, the industry doesn't have enough people. Right. We need more people to go into that and uh, in the sciences and, and promote that. Uh uh, especially women, right? Like we, we, yeah. we, we gotta push for that as a, as an industry, and that's one of the things that we're really trying to do um, to get more people through the pipeline. Um, yeah, because that that you people again, it all comes back to people, right? You have all the technology you want, but you still need people to continue to innovate yeah. on that, um, and that's a limiting factor. Yeah, it's interesting. You can have yeah. all the artificial intelligence you you want, but it it doesn't necessarily. And I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but. It, well, you don't want Skynet, create, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Our 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 generation gets, knows Skynet, they right? Get that, <laughs> but but you don't like artificial intelligence can only can't be creative. It can't mm -hmm. it can't get out of its own way in yeah. terms of of how and it, there's there's some like artificial intelligence scientist who's like sure it can. Yeah. In general, at least my limited <laughs> understanding, it can't get you know it, it it doesn't it doesn't replace the the human ingenuity and the ability to and and do you want to? Yeah, yeah, right. right? Um, in some regards, but yeah, we we'll need people to go into that. Well, I don't know how I'll achieve world domination without it, but yes. <laughs> um, I, I I wish I, I I'm going to ruin the joke, but I, there was a there was the um, the Emilio Estevez uh, movie where the the machines take over for like a minute and they overtake that gas station. Oh, the the, the big uh, the big tractor trailer. It has the like the big goblin on the front. <sighs> God, we're, this is the worst called? podcast ever because we refer to a lot of things and we have no idea. And I live in movie quotes too. I know exactly yes. what you're talking about. Yeah, I, can, um, I can feel like I can speak movie, but people are going to be like, no, you can't. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then they like take over and there's like machine guns on. Yeah, yeah. Them, the, the, and the, the truck takes over. But yes, of course, the it's, truck. it's not electrical. So I don't, you know, electric, <laughs> I don't know how it works. But um, yeah, well, they, every machine is taken over by yeah. something. They, there's what, like a weird clown. There's a green, too? yeah, the clown thing. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. it's a green cloud. And then yeah. the, 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 the army jeep with the machine gun yep. pulls yep. up and it can self fire. And it. And it taps out Morse code and makes them fill up, makes them fill. See, they don't need it. The machines have figured out that yeah. they need the gas, mm -hmm. and they just make you. Get. They figured it out. I don't know where we're going with that, but that's anyway. That's uh, it makes sense to me though. It, it's if you if you go. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Listen, kids, if you if you go back and watch this, this it makes total sense. When you and go you back. should probably stay in school because because <laughs> uh, you can be the one to prevent the machines, <laughs> the not 
electrical, but the gas-powered machines from taking over. The, the, yes. You're the one who keeps that from happening. Somehow have a mind of their own. And keeping Skynet from becoming... I can't remember becoming, at the end of that movie why that ends up happening. There was some kind of sort of green cloud over yeah, the top. something. We're going to edit all this out to where we actually remember the... Well, you just go back and post, like you said, and then have one of your kids figure it out. We'll get the answer. We'll Google it. <laughs> we'll put it in there, and then it'll be good. I have we my kids. We won't look like idiots. I have my kids watch uh, a lot of the videos that we watch or the movies we grew up, and they're oh, like, yeah. "Dad, this this technology is, or the uh, the the CGI is terrible." I'm like, "Listen, that's, that's Friday what we Night had. Classics." When I was a kid growing up, I would watch Friday Night Classics with my dad. Yeah, we read it on like Betamax. Oh, dude, you're, da- you're dating yourself, yeah. And um, we'd watch like every Western, every World War II movie, every like Fred Astaire movie, and Gene Kelly, and all this stuff, all the classics, right? And now I do that with the girls, but it's like The Goonies. Yes. Right, which is like one of the top five movies of all time. Yeah, great. Ever made, yeah. right? Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I make them suffer through it. Some yeah. they like, some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my kids watched uh, Godzilla the other day, and they're like, Dad, that's totally a guy in oh, a the Godzilla new, the costume. New one? We no, the old school. Oh, the old school one? I'm like, you think? Like guys, this is black and white. Like I was born in '76. Guys, this was built like filmed in '54. You yeah. g- yes, no kidding. Um. Anyway, th- this is sort of how our podcasts go. They mm-hmm. they start on the rails and then they kind of just good. yeah, I'm going yeah. off the rails. Um. Anyway, Most people don't even know that song anymore. So. Yeah. Well, I know Ozzy. Well, I think he kind of made a comeback with uh like yeah, his show and then. Yeah, have you seen him perform? Not in person. Not in person. Recently, no, no. But he, I, I watched him perform. Um. On uh, on a YouTube video or something, I mean, God bless him for still getting up there and and, and doing it. But uh, yeah, he's barely making it. He's barely. Yeah. His voice is still there. So it's he can, amazing. He's still alive. It's am- <laughs> right, like <laughs> like uh, like Crap. Slash, Gene Simmons, like all those guys. It's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Some of these guys, hard rockers. That Keith Richards. That's probably better. We're not than sure we are. if he actually still alive. He, still he might alive. actually be a weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> like uh, he, there, there, someday somebody's gonna actually wake up and be like, "Holy God, that guy, that guy's been dead for like <laughs> for twenty years." Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He died in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. They, they put his kinda... body in it's some sort of cryogenic yeah. freeze every night, and they bring it back up and thaw him out. And yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm not sure what the point of this uh, this this podcast was. We started. It's all very relevant. <laughs> cryogenic freeze. Bringing people back to life—it's all part of innovation. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're looking for what you want to get into in STEM, and you want to bring the dead back to life, you know what? There's a market out there for you. That's oh, that's, there'd be a huge market for that. There's a <laughs> think about that, right? Huge market if you could do it. Yeah, that's that's well, that's when the zombie apocalypse happens. <laughs> so if they're all right, I feel like we're getting off the rails. Anyway, um, hey, where uh, where can people find you or find uh, Hyundai Air Mobility on the interweb, or what, what can they follow to? Uh, uh, keep, keep if you, uh, if you Google Hyundai Air Mobility, like you said, uh, yeah. you can find a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, if you just Google me, you find me on LinkedIn or anything like that. Um, Adam Slepian on LinkedIn. Yeah. You're putting out some good content and, and yeah, it's just a, a really good looking guy that comes up when you see that. Um, uh, it's probably a picture of somebody else, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hit us up. Yeah. That'd be you awesome. Know, All right. If, especially if you have. You know, one of those uh, good ideas, right? Uh, and technology or just interested, right? We're always, uh, you know, we're growing uh, pretty rapidly uh, for our organization. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're looking at people with the, the, with the desire to make this happen, right? And uh, excited about it. Awesome. Adam, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. Appreciate right, it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Greencastle Podcast. Please be sure to give us a like, a thumbs up, a share. You can find us at greencastleconsulting.com forward slash podcast or on all the major podcast channels 
and the social media channels, including our YouTube channel. Thanks very much. We'll see you on the next episode.